Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the usually serviceable, hopelessly miscast pod. If you're listening to this, the first segment we'll have is a feature with director uh, and one of the founding and now managing members of Cork Theater, Tony Isbell, who is, he and uh, Cork are putting on a show called Wakey Wakey on the GCT stage. Uh, Brian and I had a little interview with him on July 5th to discuss the show that runs July 7th through the 17th, Thursday through Sundays. Curtains Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 8 p.m., Sundays at 2.30 p.m. Come out and see it. Uh, We think it's going to be a a good time and have some comedy, have some drama. You'll hear more about it in this segment with Tony right after this. And then following that, we'll have some regular podcast features. So if you don't want to listen to Brian and I prattle on about all things nonsensical, feel free to drop off after you hear Tony's voice drop off. Thank you very much. So, hello, we're uh, taping this feature um, as a special a special feature, a novelty feature, if you will, although you're not a novelty, Tony. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to be, we can make you that, uh, honorary one at least. So uh, we have Tony Isbell here with us, who is uh, a vital part of the Cork Theater group and is also uh, definitely a big part of the show we have coming here at GCT, which is uh, Wakey Wakey. Um, so, uh, and Tony's been on our stage here recently yes. this year, so, uh, wonderful performance, loved it, so. Thank you. And, um, we also, and Brian's still here with us, so. Yes. He's, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Tony about, uh, this upcoming show we do have on our okay. stage here at GCT, but Cork is putting it on, so tell us, uh, what is Wakey Wakey, what's the show? Okay, well, let me start by talking a little bit about Quark, if I can. Oh, yes, absolutely. We are, uh. Excuse me. Um, We are a small independent theater company that has been in existence for about six years now, I think. Although two of those years were during the pandemic, so I don't know if they really count. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But we have been in existence for that that length of time. We've done several shows. Most of what we've done has been in the Midtown and even downtown area. And we were very excited to be able to come out to GCT at Brian's invitation to, uh, to do some work out here. Uh, the show that we're bringing out here is called Wakey Wakey. It is by Will Eno, playwright, who has been uh, nominated for the Pulitzer Prize, not, not for this particular show, but for another one. And he tends to write quirky, funny, little off-the-wall plays, and that's uh, the kind of show that we like to produce. Um, Wakey Wakey is a little hard to describe, but I have hit upon a way that works for me. I've been telling people it's sort of like a cross between a TED Talk and the play Our Town, if you know know (laughs) Our Town. Um, And the reason I say that is because if you remember Our Town from seeing it on stage or reading it or seeing it when you were in high school or whatever, Um, they have a character called the stage manager who talks directly to the audience, and it's kind of an examination of just uh, everyday normal life and how sweet and funny and wonderful that can be on the one hand and how kind of sad and tragic it can be at other times. Um, So this show has kind of the same tone as Our Town, looking at life like that. 
the first two-thirds or so, there's just one character on stage talking directly to the audience. Wow. And he uh, uses a lot of videos, <clears throat> pardon me, a lot of videos, uh, slides, music to make his point, kind of like a TED Talk. So I, I, that kind of occurred to me, and I think it fits. Uh, is that well, a question? That's yeah, kind of no, what absolutely. it's like. That's kind of what it's like. Right. No, it's, I mean, uh, it's, it sounds like it's got, you know, a lot of, you know, things that, I mean, like you mentioned the pandemic. Right. Which obviously everyone's aware of. Right. Um, but it's, you know, it sounds very, to be able to do that sort of uh, examination directly with the audience. Right. You know, it's, it, that seems to be, at least in what I've seen, and some of the things Brian and I have talked about in looking at programming here at GCT, it's, you know, there's a lot, there seems to be, it's almost like a, I won't call it a revolution, but it's like there's a lot of content being written that's kind of that way, even now. Yeah. It's contemporaneously, like, you know, fourth wall, what's fourth wall? Right. You know, instead. I, so. I, I do think there's, a, uh, there's more and more theater like that where, characters break the fourth wall. And this this show, it's, you know, people ask me, is it comedy, is it a drama? Well, it's it's mainly a comedy. There's some dramatic parts to it and some parts that might even make you shed a tear, but it's it's mainly a comedy and a, uh, like I said, just an examination of everyday life. And it kind of puts the point across that we don't pay enough attention to everyday life, sort of like our town. Right. It's the same thing. And how wonderful and precious each moment is, but we don't, you know, lots of times we don't realize that when we're in it. Right. So this takes a very humorous approach to that idea and, uh, and examines it through this character whose name, the character is named Guy. That's his name. So he's just <laughs> right. a guy. You right. Know? He's it like, sound a little he's random. like every man. Um, right. And, and we, we kind of get to know him as he's talking to us. And another character comes on a little later. Her name is Lisa. And they interact some. Um, you may notice I'm kind of dancing around the plot because I don't want to give too much away because it, it, it kind of works best when it just unfolds. Right. But um, And there's not what you would call a super strong plot, like you might have in a mystery or a, or a drama or something like that. It's just this fella talking to the audience about life, showing funny videos, laughing at things, and uh, examining what makes everyday life so wonderful and special. And uh, he is facing some difficulties, and uh, by the end of the show, we, he's met those difficulties. Um, but I will say, I said this in another interview I did, it, for me, this is one of the most, if not the most, uplifting shows that I've ever participated in, because even though some things are very sad, the overall message of the play is extremely positive and uplifting and even heartwarming. At least I think it is. Right. Uh, so uh, it, it just, I've seen it, I don't know how many times now, because this is actually a remount. I didn't. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, this is actually the second time that we have done this show. And, and funny thing, I'll tell you, how that came about. Um, we did it in 2019, I think it was, to uh, a great response from the audience. I mean, we had several people who came back to see it two or three times because they, they liked it so much. Right. Um, and then Brian had uh, spoken to me, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. About... I think ever since I've been uh, 
here at GCT Maybe ever since been here, trying he? to get you out <laughs> he here. Said, so. Yeah, he, he kept saying, if you want to come out and do something, and I thought, well, if the situation ever arises. And then, then of course, the pandemic came and we got closed down. And like you said, I was, I acted in two shows out here this fall, uh, or I guess fall and spring. Fall and spring, yeah. Right. And um, talked to Brian some more, and he, he said again, and we, we talked about how it would work, and it seemed like it could work really well. And for those listeners of, of this podcast who have been here and know that GCT has installed this amazing video screen system, I don't know what you call it exactly, but it's, it's like a movie screen in the yeah. theater there. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that Wakey Wakey has a very strong audiovisual component because he does, the character does show all these... Uh, videos and and uh, stills and plays music and sound effects and like I said sort of like a TED talk so there's there's that component and man when when he said when Brian convinced me to come out here I was like oh wow that show that we did two years ago would work perfectly right Mm -hmm. because the place we did it before didn't have any of that we had to bring everything in which you can imagine bringing in a screen a projector setting up the sound all that was a pain this was just like we still had the cues from our previous production. All we had to do basically was plug it in, and it was ready to go. <laughs> plug and play. So it was great. Yeah. Well, it's—I mean, it, it's great too. And that you bring that up, you know, with the screen and all that. You know, it, a lot of the uh, audiovisual upgrades and things like that. That's probably the most obvious, I think, to people when they come in and see it. But you know, the, the what we've done with the screen and being able to use it for you know what you're talking about. That's something that. When we first got the screen in, obviously during, I'll say, the height of the pandemic, um, you know, it was how can we find productions that use the screen? You know, obviously not everything is going to lend itself to heavy use, but, you know, we we started to see that in a couple of the productions we had earlier this year, um, and now getting to use it with Wakey Wakey is is awesome. Right. Yeah, actually, um, the shows I was in were Clue... And outside Mullingar, Clue we used it some, but not. It was more just like a, a background almost right. on the set. Outside Mullingar, we had a couple of really nice things where where he used uh, uh, videos of like rain falling and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and it really it, it was amazing how uh, much atmosphere and stuff it added. Right. And of course, in this production in Wakey Wakey, I mean, it's it's built into the show that there's just a screen there that he's showing stuff on, so. It, you know, it couldn't be better. And right. It, it works great for everything. <clears throat> right. And, it's, and I love the conversational, sounds like a conversational aspect. Very much so. To he, it. Like I said, he talks directly to the audience for about the first two thirds of the play. And then uh, Lisa comes on, and their relationship is very sweet and funny and endearing. Right. Um, and it, it, uh, it just goes on from there. Now, Adam is, is in the show, correct? He's remounting his, his role, reprising his role, and then you have yes. a new newcomer, correct? Adam, Adam Remsen uh, is one of the other co-founders of Quark, and he is playing the role of Guy, which he also did in 2019. So yes, he is reprising that role, and um, we have a, a new young lady taking over the role of Lisa. Her name is Alexa Walter Thomas. And actually, I met her in Clue. She was also in Clue. And, uh, That's our other contributor, Chip. Yeah. 
I met her in Clue, and when we had to uh, recast this role, I thought she would be perfect for it. So yeah. luckily she was available, and it's been great. It's just been wonderful. She was uh, wonderful in Clue. It's she was. It's mm-hmm. so, yeah. great. Um, so Quark, I'm always interested because... Um, we we're, you know we have a theater company you have a theater company right. but our theater companies are very very different very different yes. and one of the fun things uh, that we look forward to every year is programming and Paul chairs our programming committee and we'll you know we search hundreds and hundreds of plays right um, Mark though is quite unique and I I feel I'm more knowledgeable than most people about what is out there play and theater wise but all of your shows. I have never heard of. When you <laughs> so, where do you where do you find these? Is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, um, that's the novelty part. <laughs> one of our well, one of our our sort of motto is to produce small plays about big ideas. You know, which is a nice catchphrase. Um, we also look for things that have never been produced in Memphis, and that might. And as you say, people may may not have heard of. I think all but one of the shows we have done, I think, have all been regional premieres. Uh, one of them was possibly had possibly been done before. Um, how do we find them? Well, mostly through Google search. <laughs> okay. Just yeah. uh, looking for. But we'll, we'll, I mean, that's how we, that's kind of how we started. I mean, we had a couple of plays in mind when we started. And if you do enough Googling around on, on those kind, those particular plays, it might, you know, how Google will suggest other things to you and you follow those links. And also, I often look for, I just, I, I'll Google reviews of new one act plays. And I might name a specific place like Los Angeles or London or New York and see where that takes me. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a rabbit hole you go down. And it's, uh, or, or, or you just read a review for, for Wakey Wakey, I believe what happened was Adam maybe read a review of it somewhere because it did play in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Knows work is produced often in New York, but it ne- it's never a big Broadway thing. It's off sure. Broadway, off off Broadway. Um, and he, excuse me, he got a copy of it and read it and sent it to me, and we both loved it, so that was it. You know, we just said we, we're going to do this. Um, but, you know, you probably have out here a bigger obligation than we do to try to choose plays that are not only good, interesting plays, but also that hopefully will pack them in. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's there's a commercial aspect to what you do that is not as significant for us. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that we don't want to pack people in, but um, we are a very much a shoestring operation. It's just myself and Adam and Adam's wife, Louisa, who mm-hmm. constitute Quark, and we don't we don't own a facility. We don't even rent a facility full time. We've produced most of our shows at Theater South and First Congo Church in Cooper Young. And, well, at least half of them. Some have been done at the Evergreen Theater. Uh, one we did in a found space downtown, a storefront that was empty that the city let us use. So we've, we've, we don't have 
well, we may have a permanent home in the future, but right now we don't have a permanent home. Mm -hmm. um, so that was another reason that we were very excited when you made the offer about coming out here, because it, our shows also tend to be small in the sense that I think the largest cast we've ever had is four people. Mm -hmm. Most of them are two or three people. Um, they tend to be small in terms of running time. I'm usually an hour and a half or less. And love uh, that. It's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, length I know of that's show. my that's favorite. One of our goals. Too. <laughs> it's an hour and a half or less. And um, uh, also, we t we try to we try to choose scripts that have very simple, very limited technical demands in terms of set costumes, things like that. Mm -hmm. Although Wakey Wakey is an exception because it's the most technically demanding as far as uh, cues, audiovisual cues, and things like that that we've done. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, so, so it's it's a little different for us than it is for you. I think. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I, and trust me, it's some of the stuff that you guys do, I would love to do out here, but I know realistically I can't. Yes. So yeah. uh, not because of content, but just because of uh, you know I do have significant overhead with uh, right. utility bills, keep right, on right, stuff. Right. But uh, that may, that's one of the reasons that made me so happy that you could come out yeah. and, and do this. Um, so looking forward to Quark's plans, uh, you have another show coming up here in October. Uh, that one of the people in it will be our very own Marcus Brown. Yes. Uh, what show is that? Okay, that is also... Let me back up a little bit. Nor what we've been doing for the last few years is we generally only produce two shows a year. That's what we have been doing. We plan to do maybe three going forward. But because we have been on hiatus for about two years because of the pandemic, we, we thought we would remount Wakey Wakey and finish the run of the show that we were doing when the pandemic <laughs> struck. We, we had a show that we opened it on Friday night we closed it on Saturday night because mm -hmm. the pandemic was starting to come to Memphis and theaters and other venues were starting to close and we just said, okay, we won't go forward. We'll finish this in two or three months when this is over. Funny story there. So what we did was we delayed our opening of Driving Miss Daisy by a whole week because we figured it would be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, because we actually got to Friends and Family Night. Yeah. Yeah, the they night performed before Friends opening, and Family. They yeah. ran. Yeah. And then it was, well, we'll, we'll give it a week. Yeah. Maybe two, yeah. max. And, yeah. Right. Well, that's what, that's what we thought, too. You know, we thought a couple of months, we'll come back, we'll finish this. And here it is, by the time it is done, it'll be over two years later. But we are fortunate that the... We got the same cast back, and we had already paid. We had already paid for the rights, and yeah. we spoke yeah. to the people. They said, "Yes, you can finish this, and we won't owe, you don't owe us any more money." So, so that was a good thing. So, yes, out here at Germantown, we are also doing another show in what did we said a lot? End of October. Yeah. yeah. Or no, end of September. Into October. September into October. Okay. Yeah, I think the 29th of September. Something like that. I don't yeah. have the dates right here in front of me. That's also okay. That's a show called. What happens to the hope at the end of the evening? And it's also a, a two-person show. And right, Marcus, Marcus Brown was acting in that, along with um, uh, Brian Helm, who's also a local prominent actor. <clears throat> it is a story of two old friends who have not seen each other 
for several years, and um, one of them is, I guess you would say, is doing better financially with his family uh, in all kinds of ways than the other. And the one who's maybe not doing as well calls his friend up and says, look, I'm going to be in town. Would it be okay if I came by and, and visited? So, uh, so he does, and it's about the reunion of these two old friends and how their lives have changed and how they have kind of gone in different directions over the years. But again, it's a quirky, um, it is also quirky. Our shows tend to be quirky, or as we call them sometimes, quirky. Um, um, it's also a kind of meta-theatrical thing where uh, the one actor, the, the, the character played by Marcus, also talks directly to the audience. And in fact, this set is very simple. There is actually a script of the play on stage that he reads from and refers to as he's talking to the audience. Um, so it kind of examines the relationship between theater and real life and how that works to change your perception of, of people's relationships. Um, it's also about an hour, an hour and 10 minutes, something like that. And uh, I found that, I don't know how I found that, but Googling around, seeing this playwright's work, he, he's a well-respected kind of independent playwright in, in Britain who mainly writes stuff that he does himself. Like he, This script was actually co-written with his friend, and I think it must be based on the two of them to some, some degree. And it's, 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 it's also funny and examines the relationships, especially between men and how they deal with things, especially as they get older. So that's another, yeah, that's another one I'm looking forward to. It's also very, very simple. I mean, it, it takes a a stool, a music stand to hold a script, and then a, like a little sofa and coffee table. And that's, that's basically the set. Um, and I like it because, yes, the dog likes it too. Yes, yeah, he's very excited. He's, <laughs> he's, very excited. I, he's always got commentary. <laughs> I like that one because it does kind of, uh, the character Marcus plays comes out and talks to the audience and encourages them to greet each other and shake hands and you know, don't just sit here in the darkness and and watch, but be a participant. I mean, you don't get on stage, but be active in, in watching this theater. So, yeah, so well, you're no, tapping no, no. the audience fears with that one? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You don't have to get on stage. As they look Not at each at other all. and go, what? Not we have to all. talk to no, each other? No, no, yeah. Because <laughs> so I, I know, I mean, I know the limited number of shows I've done, but the much more shows you guys have done, it's anytime you interact with an audience and say, hey, look at your neighbor, or say something to yeah. us. It, it, it's like you've just yeah. asked them to, you know, hey, we have this voluntary brain surgery. Would you like to come up and be part of it? It's, it's true. Yeah. So, so they're all your shows so far. Excuse me, And I'm stalling, dog running, uh, yeah. All your, your shows, shows so far have been, been what I would consider straight shows. shows. Yes. Are, Are there, there any musicals in Clark's future, you think? Um, Without uh, being short, too specific? The, the, the short answer is no. Um, we are, I mean, nothing against musicals, but I mean, the local theaters pretty much have the musical market cornered. And for the kinds of shows we like to do, there aren't that many 
that we would be interested in anyway. There, there's, you know, I can think of I can think of basically one show that I guess you could call a musical that I would like to maybe do someday, but but it's more it's actually more of a play with songs, if you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying. Oh, yeah. Instead of a instead of a musical. Um, but I don't know. I it, it's just like I said, we try to keep everything very simple. Uh, as as few people involved as possible. Not 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 because we have anything against involved people, but just to keep everything simple and so everybody is working on kind of a, the same level and the same team. Um, so probably no musicals in our future, not for the foreseeable future anyway. Well, well you know, I've, you, you and I, I believe, met, met in Noises Off, mm -hmm. Theater yeah. Memphis, mm -hmm. uh, what's that been, about a decade ago at this point. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so that, so that was, was a big, big show. show. That was a big show. Probably the biggest show I've ever been a part of, <laughs> with a completely uh, two-story rotating house. So you're saying it was complicated. Set during the intermission, <laughs> yes. the actors had to change the set because there weren't enough stagehands. Wow! And it took the entire intermission to get that thing changed. So you, by the time you were finished, yeah. you were sweating like a dog. I've you know, never sweated that much in a show in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, I'm a great admirer of your work ever since then. I know you're a pleasure to work with as a fellow artist on stage. Uh, I love when you have graced our stage here at GCT, and I am just so ecstatic to be able to get Quark and have Wakey Wakey on stage as well, and also uh, watch Marcus try to pull off a difficult dialogue dialect because that's, he's already been complaining about how hard the uh, dialect is yeah. for uh, for the show in September. So. We know what a project that guy is yeah. from being here every day. He can do it. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we, we are thrilled to have you guys out here. Thank you. We're very uh, happy to be here. So Quark's Wakey Wakey will be at GCT, opens July 7th, uh, and runs through July 17th. We'll be running Thursday through Sunday with a special pay what you can. On Monday, the... Where's my calendar? The 11th, yeah. Special pay what you can, the 11th. Curtain is at 8 p.m. on uh, Thursday through Saturday and 2.30 on Sunday. You can find your tickets at www.gctcomplay.org, or you can call us at the box office, 901-453-7447. Any last words to encourage patrons um, to come see this show? It is a fun show. It's, uh, if, if I, I mean, it's a comedy. There are some sad parts, but it's a comedy. And I think you will leave, I think it's a play everyone can relate to in one way or another, and you will leave feeling uplifted. What else can I say? That's I, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, we thank you, Tony. Thank yes, you thank you so much. I was going to add on, you can go the really old school method of getting your tickets by stopping by. That's true. Community. That's true. Or you get them at the door. Get them at the door. I yes. mean, our carrier pigeons are out, are out of you know out of service, so we can't get you a ticket that way. It's too um, hot to be outside, so come see some theater. Yeah, exactly. And I was also going to going to compliment you on your shirt, Tony. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I was admiring your shirt as well. There. Do, you have, do you have a video that goes for this podcast? We can <laughs> certainly take a shot of you and put it up there. <laughs> so, but thank you for coming by and come out and see the show. Uh, come out. And, uh, yeah, enjoy it with us here at GCT. So, That's right. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You know, there's no diet soft drink that has one less calorie than Tab. 
But there's always water. Hello and welcome to another riveting edition of the usually serviceable Hopelessly Miscast podcast here at GCT. It's Paul and Brian. Yep. And we have a new addition to the pod staring me right in the face, and his name is Frank. What's up, Frank? Frank Washington. Did we get a poster of Frank to put in the office? Perhaps. Yeah, he's here. By perhaps, I mean, hell yes, we did. Why wouldn't we? He's here and glorious. <clears throat> so yeah, it's a uh, is it a jumbo jet? That's the question he's been asked. Ooh. So is it bigger than the jumbo jet? Ooh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you're listening to this pod, then you've already heard a uh, a lovely interview with the very talented and uh, very personable Tony Isbell. Yeah, very, a lot more talented than the two of us for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were we were very. I mean, there was like a, an aura in the room. That we ain't got. So, yep. Yep. Uh, but yes, uh, we were we're pimping the the newest production to go on the GCT stage, which is done by Cork Theater. The Tony is a leader in uh, called Wakey Wakey that will open on July seventh. So it's only a couple days away. Mm-hmm. Uh, get your tickets by going to the website uh, or calling us or, like I said, the old fashioned method: show up down here and buy them yep. at the desk. Get them at the door. Get yep. at the door. You can do all that. So, but uh, we hope you enjoyed that interview. We're going to give you some uh, pointless and meaningless features to uh, tag on the end of it. Yep. So that's what we do. Um, <clears throat> feel free to turn us off now because you've heard the part you wanted to hear. But we think it's funny. So uh, I want to throw a special shout out to my now 19 year old son. Today is Carson's birthday. Yay. So, friend of the pod. He gets a Holy Grail style, yay. So um, he chose a place to eat tonight that my mom thoroughly dislikes. So I was very Where? proud of Where's him. Where's it? Not Huey's? No, Longhorn. Oh, okay. He's a big Longhorn yeah. guy. He is a Longhorn guy. So, You're right. Yeah. So we'll be enjoying that while I stare across at my mother as she picks through some kind of entree that she clearly doesn't like, and I'll get comments about it tomorrow. So well, thanks, is she, mom. Is she paying? No. Well, then. Yeah. But she'll show up. My stepdad will probably pay, and then she'll give him a look like, why are you paying? Yeah. So, anyway, um, so what we'll go with today, since we already had uh, Tony on, we'll do a couple of features um, and call it a day. But uh, we're going to start with a a, regular contributor, Chip, heard we're recording, and he's mad that we didn't let him in. So there he is. And he definitely made his presence known with Tony. Um, you'll hear him chiming in, his seal of approval or barkdom. So uh, what we're going to start with is do we care? So we haven't had that one in a while. And no, it's, it's not about Frank Washington, but he is going to keep making that face. So I'll ask Frank these questions too, but obviously he can't answer. <laughs> Chip's getting into something and we don't know what. Oh, finding yet another chew toy. So, so do we care or how much do we care? So, however you want to answer it, Brian. Okay. The first one. Say you're going as a patron to a show that has a lot of mature content. Um, the obvious one for a lot of people is like Book of Mormon, mm. that type of thing. Yeah. 
uh, which I saw for the first time with my mom, oh, although I was an adult. And, but it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> I can only imagine. Enjoyed the show, but it was uncomfortable with her. But mature show, content, whatever. Um, parents who bring young children to those shows. Do we care? Do you care? I don't care as long as the kids aren't going to, like, create a ruckus in the middle of the show. I mean, what parents bring their children to is, children to is their business, not mine. So, yeah, as long as they're old enough to sit and be quiet and pay attention to the show, go for it. There's okay. definitely a self-righteous aspect to that, that question. I think there are people who would say, well, hell yes, I care. They shouldn't be bringing a child to that show. I mean, I remember going to see a local production of um, American Idiot, uh, where th- there were there were a couple of definitely racy scenes in there um, <clears throat> that I had been told was coming, so I knew it was happening. If I didn't know, I would have probably been, whoa, okay, so that's where we're going. And had Carson, who at the time I think was 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so he clearly enjoyed that being a part of the show. Mm, sure. Um, but... I didn't have a problem with it because I I knew it was coming and I took him anyway um, because people who I know who are in my family who are more, we'll say, Christian-based than I am find it offensive at times that I say they're going to see it somewhere. It's not like I'm taking him to Pornhub.com and watching with him. It's more of if it's a movie and it's got some nudity in it, and it's not a Shannon Tweed film festival. Sure. Then he's gonna see it somewhere. So, <clears throat> I, yeah. What am I hiding from him? I was watching those kind of movies at third grade, even though my mom tried to shield them, me from them. That just made me want to watch them more. Sure. So that was a little bit of a rant, but um, yeah, it doesn't bother me either. Uh, like you say, I'm more thinking about are they going to be a distraction or not. Yep. Here's a side question that I'll ask you since I'm, we're talking about children at an event. So uh, my sister is basically being forced by her mother, my stepmom, mm-hmm. to go to a wedding uh, 10 hours away, by the way. Okay. Um, by car, obviously. Um, and this wedding is a, I'll call it a family friend. They're not family. My stepmom is basically forcing her to go. And my, my older sister, my younger sister, not my older one. My younger sister has a stepson who's 12. Yeah. So he's going, but she also has a almost 1-year-old. He'll be 1 by the before the wedding happens. Okay. So a toddler. She's been told no kids are allowed at the wedding. Well then wouldn't you say well, f then off then I'm not go. going? Yeah. Uh I mean isn't it presumptuous you think that Your sister's what 40, right? Yeah. I mean, at some point, you don't have to do what your parents tell you anymore. Well, you know? That's what I told her. So, uh, But she is being guilted into it. But I, I said, well, I would say... I would have thrown the, well, there's no kid. They're not letting me bring my kid. So, right. Uh, I'm having I'm to clearly, find child care. It's like putting the dog in the kennel or yeah, something. I'm clearly not wanted because they said no kids. And my kid comes with me. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think of how people I know, like you and Rachel, for instance, or, or myself, would react if told... Hey, you really, really, really need to come to this wedding who's not a blood relative at all. And by the way, you're driving 10 hours one way there, and you have to stay for the whole weekend, and you can't bring your kid. No, none of that's okay. Even if I got through everything up to that point, I'd say, 
Yeah, that's non-negotiable. Yeah. So um, here's another one. Do we care? A movie adaptation, which this, this makes me sort of like cringe. Why? Um, do we care? A movie adaptation of Spamalot. Like a, a new one that's being worked on. You know, it's an adaptation of a movie. I I would probably see it, but it I I think the I hope intentional hilarity of it, and that they will make fun of the fact that it's a movie based off a play, based off a movie. So they're basically just redoing Monty Python, the Holy Grail, right, uh, with a few extra songs. because there were some songs in the first in My Python and the Holy Grail, because that was just their style. But um, I mean, I'll, I would probably see it just because I love the show so much. But um, it does seem a bit weird. I won't. I won't disagree yeah. there. I mean, I'll see it. I just don't know how much I care about it. Yeah. I, it's not. I'm not going to rush out. I'm not going to run right out and see it. I'll probably see it in the comfort of my home. Yeah. It's so comfort of the theater. We have a good sound system. You know. Yeah, that that's true. Be a good place to watch it. Yeah, but it. it I mean, I was just sort of okay. Uh, thank you for calling, Doctor Cash. Um, yeah, that's what it seems like to me. I don't. Uh, I, I'm more interested than I would ever be in Cats uh, as a movie. But you know, wait, they already did that. They already did that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's here's a good one for you. Since especially since you have younger children than I do, so and I found I don't even I don't know if this even is still a thing, but apparently if, I'm not even gonna, I say a few years ago I'm talking like in 2017 18. Apparently, and you may have heard this already, there was was a group, an ownership group of movie theaters in California that built a movie theater complex, and each each uh, theater itself had a play area in it the kids jungle gyms slides and they said their idea was we're trying to expand the viewership and get people interested in coming to the movie theater in wait in the theater in the same space where you're watching a movie yes so it would be like us doing a live theater show with a jungle gym on the right side or in the middle of the seating um so so many questions. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Uh, they used to do those movies in the middle of the day um, that was specifically geared toward parents bringing their young kids. And the understanding was, okay, it's going to be loud and obnoxious for this for, for this movie with all these kids around. But if you want to try to watch a movie and not feel bad about bringing your kid, that's cool. So I guess it's the same concept. You or I would have no interest in watching that showing in that theater, but I know I think it's okay. Great, that's wonderful. You're uh, allowing parents the opportunity to get out and see a movie without having to figure out what to do with their kids. So, I mean, I not care. for me, but cool. I'm I'll glad say, it exists. I'll say I care a lot in a vastly negative way. If if you, you know. I'm I'm not even going to elaborate because I'll go on a long rant. Uh, No, no. I care in a very negative way. If that's the way you have to get customers in, I I mean, I would say I know there is not the same, but by far not the same proliferation of these that there used to be 
in, you know, we'll say even 30, 40 years ago, there is already a movie theater concept with play areas in it. It's called a drive-in. Take mm-hmm. your family there if you want to see something on the big screen that bad. I know it's not the same experience to watch, but neither is watching a movie with a jungle gym in the theater. How would I hear it? How would I enjoy it at all? Even if it's not my own children. Yeah. I don't want to go to a movie with my own kids that are little, all the, you know, unless it's a kid's movie. Why would I want to go with other people's kids? Uh, again, I think the concept is it's um, you would only go with your kids. It wouldn't be for just you and I going to catch a movie. So, I mean, you know. Right. So it will never affect me negatively. Um, so I, I honestly don't care if you've got enough money to build it and, um, you know, pay for the rights to show the movie. Okay, that's that's on you, buddy. Yep. So it's a free country. I'll I'll save one of these for another time because I, I think I can make a, a bracketology out of it and chips barking at the air. Um, but I think I know where you're going to rate on this one. If... We could. Thank you, Chip. You're such a good boy. Gotcha. So if if we could if you could find a way to pull it off and get the rights, a stage adaptation of Samurai Cop. Oh. <laughs> do we care? Yes. Well, that's a trick question. How much do we care? So much. That vastly positive. So much. Yes. If we care. <laughs> Samurai Cop. Would anyone come to see it? Probably not. What is Would he? we still enjoy it? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we could have three people in the audience. You and I are two of them. Yeah, we'd no, be uh, in it. Who are we kidding? We would be in it. Yeah, absolutely. I would want to be Robert Zidar. Want <laughs> to be Robert Zidar? I want to be the Yakuza crime boss. Okay. Because well, that's, it's, that's, it's already that's, improper. So that's a racial. Uh, no, I, I know I'd be. There. I'm the police chief. The police chief. <laughs> You! Yeah, don't say it. <laughs> we can't give the movie away. That's right. No spoilers. I, I can't even imagine what the, uh, you know, doctor, nurse, uh, dental office oh, scene man. would feel like. Ooh, yeah. What a scene. What a I, scene. I just want us to think about who we would cast locally in that oh. show. I think that, that's a subject to a, that's a subject to for a whole podcast. Yes, I agree. So we may save that for uh, Rock and Rocktober. There you go, like oh, a horror movie thing. So uh, okay, well that was uh, do we care for today? Um, sort of moving into the same vein though of craziness. Uh, it's time for a Florida report. You know, Florida people, July Fourth, lakes and drinking. You knew there'd be something coming out. You got that right. You better believe it. Punta Gorda. I don't know where it's at, but it's in Florida. Sounds crazy. He. Um, got drunk and got very angry because boaters were going too fast in his opinion uh, in a no wake lake and so he started yelling at them and when that didn't work he got his semi-automatic pistol out <sighs> and started shooting in the air wow and uh, oh, oh yes he's 82 years old so he's a <laughs> even better Dennis Fair or worse had a very appropriate get off my lawn moment and uh, was not happy by July 4th weekend. Um, and, yeah, he, he got a little inebriated, and now he is in jail. Uh, I hope for so. Those, for, that, for those choices. Wow. 
So uh, he is now facing four counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill and using a firearm while under the influence of alcohol lick beverages. You mean there was so, alcohol involved? I'm shocked. Yes, he was apparently toe-up. So uh, <laughs> doesn't say what he was drinking, but his mugshot looks like he had been drinking quite a bit. So Toe-up from the stern-up. Again, uh, July 4th is over, but hey, next year, don't drink too much and get angry. I'm uh, just shocked they would actually prosecute that in Florida. I mean, it seems like there's so much other crazy going on. Yeah, that um, that does seem surprising. No matter what your political affiliation, I mean, it's there's a lot of crazy going on there. Yeah. So to f- the fact that they're, I, I'm glad to hear they're at least prosecuting the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they could still drop the charges, but yeah. That's true. So, um, yeah. So uh, I'll bring in another quick new feature for today. Uh, that, We'll try to have each time. We're recording this on July 5th. Yeah. So what I thought is a good one is uh, Bobby Zedar's This Day in History. Mm, okay. So, and th- these are not joke items. It's not like the onion or anything like that. So, but some interesting things that happened on This Day in History. I'll have to get some music for this. Um, okay. On this day in 1946, the bikini was introduced. Okay. Uh, what year? 1946. 46. That's surprising. Yeah. In yeah, France, yeah. of all places. Well, France makes Go sense. Go figure. So, it wouldn't be America, that's for sure. Not in 1946. Yeah, Chip introduced the concept of digging for something that he's not supposed to have. Um, but uh, let's see, other things. The first, in 1950, the first U.S. fatality in the Korean War happened. Yeah. So on this day in 1865, the Salvation Army was founded. So that's a good one. Okay. Uh, on this day in 19... 19- Wow, got loud in the house. On this day in 1996, Dolly the Sheep becomes the first successfully cloned mammal. Oh, nice. So I know that was a big day for you um, since we were actually alive for that. On this and a couple others, on this day in 1880, George Bernard Shaw quit his job at the Edison Telephone Company in order to write. Oh, good for him. Good decision on his part. Yep. And then the last one, is on nineteen on this day in nineteen fourteen, Germany and I'm not gonna say why, but there's a little thing looming for that year around here. Yeah. Um, Germany gives the nation of the nation state of Austria Hungary quote blank check unquote assurance, which mm-hmm. was the Kaiser pledging his country's unconditional support for whatever action Austria Hungary decided to take in its conflict with Serbia. That was one of the precursors to the actual start of World War One. Yeah, which then ultimately led to World War Two. Correct. And the Cold War. Which I had a history teacher in college uh, say some people would tell you World War One never really ended. It just was a ceasefire for 20-plus years. Pretty much. Which, if you look at it a certain way, that's true. Well, like it led to basically all armed com- conflicts through uh, Vietnam. Yep, honestly. So, so thank you, Bobby, for those uh, yeah. fascinating facts of today. I um, look forward to seeing the head on the piano that Bobby brings us. Yes. So, uh, heads on the piano. Have you got any dad jokes for us today? I do Mr. have Everson. a couple of wonderful dad jokes. All right, for Christina, you. ears up. Yes, yes. What do you call a belt that's made of one hundred dollar bills? Uh. A waste of money. 
That's true on various levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I personally only believe 12.5% of the Bible. I guess that makes me an atheist. Oh. Wow. <laughs> that one was rough. Yeah. Even I'll give a no on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think trees can poop? Uh, sure. Yeah, you're right. How else do we get number two pencils? <laughs> uh, better. That, I mean, poop-related, so Christina might like that one. It's hard yeah. to say. Stepping your game up yeah, with that one. Yeah, so that's all I've got for today. Okay, no, that's good. Uh, yeah, Frank, what do you think? Oh, same face. Yeah. So He said jumbo jet style. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. Yeah, so we'll throw an ostrich laugh in there. <laughs> so it's time for closing rants or hants. Um, I think we may have the same one. Uh-oh. I'll let you go Having first. Having discussed uh, discuss this earlier. They get tired of hearing me rant. So, um, Why on earth do you let fireworks go before it's dark? What yeah. is the point? Why are you out at 3 in the afternoon shooting fireworks in the sky? It's like I, I get fireworks. They're fun. They're pretty to look at. Um, we from our house can look and see the fireworks display from the municipal park in Germantown. It was lovely last night. But um, there's no reason to extend that experience from like 2 in the afternoon until 10 at night. We don't need eight hours of explosions. It's, it, it's too much. <laughs> it's just too much, particularly a family with children and dogs. Um, it's just too much. Um, let's just leave the fireworks to the experts because let's be honest, the fireworks you shoot at home are kind of lame. Yes, Definitely. I mean, the it's. I won't say it's. It's not something I'm not proud of, but it's definitely not something I'm proud of either. I mean, the only time I found small home use fireworks interesting was when I was a teenager, and me and some neighborhood friends would fire bottle rockets at each other. Yeah, um, extremely dangerous. But yes, that's until one of yeah one of the local kids uh like got a scar on his chin that he still has apparently to this day. Wow, from trying to. Uh, tie together the fuses for four bottle rockets, four or five together, and let them shoot as one array until he decided and didn't think about, wow, they might fire off in random directions because I didn't aim them. So mm. one of them hit him right in the chin. Ouch. Made a nice explosion. So luckily he didn't go the Jason Pierre Paul route and blow his fingers off. But yeah. That was the safety tip at the warehouse up where my office is on Friday was everybody come back with the same number of fingers you have. Yeah. So it's a good it's a good tip. I'll say my rant is it's similar because it happened yesterday, but this is more universal in terms of it can happen anytime. And you and I have discussed this one too. So I'll keep it brief. Um Ouch. there's always in I'll say this of course happens. I think in a lot of marriages and happens in a lot of relationships, even among friends though. And it's not that it's one is an extrovert, one's an introvert, but this generally would happen more with that, but it happens regardless. So one thing that drives me batty is when you have situations where, Hey, we got invited to this thing. Let's go. Oh yeah. And it's going to be like 10, 15 people. And we know everybody there. Great. Okay. Um, which I'm totally fine with that. Even if it's okay, there's going to be 15, 20 people and we know most of them. Great. But 
then when you get to something like that and the person, I mean, it's probably not a fair rant, but it's something that, you know, when you know a person long enough, like I would never say to Brian, hey, let's go to this crowded place where you don't know anyone and I do or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It would probably make him uncomfortable. Yep. But it's people who don't try to understand why you're uncomfortable going to something with a big giant group of people that you know hardly anyone there. Mm-hmm. And the ones you do know, you don't like. Um, like, you know them, and you know why you don't like them. That's why you know them. And everybody else is, you know, doing a lot of introductions, and it's something that it's already uncomfortable enough because you're outside, it's humid, you're sweaty. There's a bunch of kids running around that you don't know, and I'm not big on kids anyway. Um, if I don't, especially if I don't know them, I like kids that I know, but that's about it. Yeah. So it, yeah, this is a really stream of consciousness rant, but it's just sitting there. And then the worst part, the worst part, and I've experienced this since I was a preteen, probably even younger. Then you sort of go and you know you, you're kind of sitting off by yourself a little bit. You try not to look completely antisocial, but you know you are a little bit, and you really don't care because it's like, fine, I'll go sit over here and chill. I'm not unhappy. I'm just going to sit here, and I'm fine. And everyone takes the time to come over and be like, are you okay? Are you yeah. all right? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, why am I not? Why would I not be? Leave me alone. I'm, I was fine until you came over here trying to act like Dr. Phil. So... Yeah, like I said, it's probably just a selfish me rant, but I knew Brian would relate to that one. No, I, I had that experience yesterday. Um, thankfully, it was just the neighbor across the street. And uh, my wife, understandably, so she, she's got to know the neighbors pretty well, hangs out with them quite a bit. But, you know, when she's hanging out with them, I tend to be working at night, so I don't know them at all. Right. And so she wanted me to come to this thing with the neighbors yesterday and you know i said sure i will go it's not gonna be my favorite and uh i stayed i don't know 15 20 minutes and then walked back across the street it was uh you know i wasn't really doing anything except sitting there and it was hot and sweaty so yeah um but she was fine with that so i i totally get that and it would have been a completely different story had we had to drive somewhere where I couldn't, you know, walk across the street to get home. So right, and that's that's the situation I was in. Which, you know, it it was, it wasn't the worst time I've ever been in one of those situations. But it was, you know, when I finally, after an hour or so, it's like, fine, I'm gonna get in the pool. There's a handful of people I know in the pool that I can live with without vomiting day glow. Um, get in the pool, start talking. Somebody else came over. Uh, and they, they were very personable, and it was fine to talk to them. Uh, even had an interesting accent, found out she was from South Africa originally. Mm. So it was cool to hear that. Then one of the other people in the group mentioned tennis, and she and that person got on literally an hour and a half about tennis. Wow. I'm a, I like sports. I have played some tennis in my day, not in a long time, but when I was younger I played a lot of tennis, actually. I don't want to talk for an hour and a half about tennis, especially not if we're talking about Wimbledon or the French Open or something. I'll talk for a few minutes. I don't want to talk an hour and a half about your local tennis club yeah, and how you love to play mixed doubles against people who are 3-0 and 3-5. I don't even know what you're talking about. Fine. Your skill levels, I get it. You're proud of yourself. 
you had elbow surgery twice because you got tennis elbow and whatever. I don't care. I really don't. I mean, if I sat there and started on a diatribe about, well, you know, I was in this show called uh, Bright Star earlier yeah. this year, and I played this great role. And when I was sitting there and I got, you know, I, I decided I was going to play this and do that, and the director said do this, after a couple minutes you'd probably be like, okay, I've heard enough. So just like we've heard enough of Chip today, um, I know his father has by his reactions right now. So thanks, Chip. You've been a great boy, just like Saturday night. So uh, thanks for joining. hope you enjoyed the Tony uh, time. I screwed that up. Uh, our time with Tony Isbell. Come see Wakey Wakey. If you didn't like the rest of this, we're not sorry. Thanks. See ya. See ya.